0: There's the record button, and cue up the fucking intro. You see, we we working on his brow shop, We're just in back of the crowd shop.
1: Anyone else? I'd like to see you incorporate them.
0: All right, welcome to Waxing the Porpoise. Uh, joined by your host Jim G Baby and as usual, uh, the usual suspect, Steve. Uh, point of order, this is uh, kind of this will be a, a mini abbreviated uh, episode because a couple nights ago we recorded an hour and a half on uh, Highlander, which was a first-time watch for Steve, and I completely shat the bed and forgot to hit the all-important record button, uh, which didn't dawn on me until I hit the outro music uh, concluding through the episode, so... Um, <laughs> not wanting to have to wait and break up our, our streak of releasing every week. Uh, I figured I had the bright idea of let's cover a short story. Um, one in particular is pretty new to me. Uh, I think I came across this a few months ago. It's, uh, the jaunt by Stephen King. Um, so that's what we'll be covering this week in lieu of Highlander. I don't know if we'll ever come back to it. Um, we'll see, but, uh, yeah, so this episode we're talking about the jaunt, and it'll be a more bite-sized episode. Um, so with that, how, how are you doing in the past forty-eight hours, Steve?
1: Doing good, buddy. Don't don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> it
0: happens. It yep. was
1: very funny when I uh, when I got the notification from you that the recording was lost forever.
0: <laughs> we are it was, lost. It
1: was still a good time. Goofy yeah. ass movie. And I wouldn't, I would mind circling back around and doing it, sometime in the future.
0: Right on. Yeah, I mean, if anything, we had a good conversation about it, and I think that we just talked about the thing I'm most miffed about is that we didn't get, to, we don't get to hear uh, or share our riffing on David Blaine, which we'll have to come <laughs> back to again because that's a treasure trove of fun there. Um, so. Okay. Well, well. without further ado, uh, let's, let's get into the jaunt. So I, and Steve just told me he, he is familiar with the jaunt anyway. I was hoping this was kind of like a more obscure one that you hadn't uh, checked out before, but he had, so this is both a revisit for both of us. Uh, how long ago, so how
1: did this, how did this get on your radar?
0: So I am a uh, uh, part of the straight chilling uh they're they're their own podcast. They have a their own community of listeners, uh, children, as it were. Uh, emphasis on oh, the chill. do they spell
1: do they spell it with two L's? Yeah, nice. That's an unofficial.
0: Is there a, hy- Is there a hyphen? There can be. Um, Hell yeah, Good for them. <laughs> that's the unofficial moniker. Anyway, that we have uh, there's like a message board. I know it's all the rage. Like people have uh, these different fandoms have like Discord servers and sure, um, yeah. We have a a Slack channel that we all kind of just bounce shit out. It's like a separate, like, uh, a closed-shell social media program, as it were. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho. uh,
1: Closed-shell. All right. Yeah.
0: Someone on there, uh, Miles, uh, mentioned the jaunt in, like, the book channel. Uh, And it's Porter centric you know. So this one came up, and he's like, this is – It's probably the least Stephen King, like in terms of like the horror content, but he said, uh, um, it's like the most horrifying, you know, one of the most horrifying stories I've ever read, um, which we'll get into the reasons why, but I was like, Oh, what's that? I'd never heard of it. And I have the skeleton crew collecting dust. Um, the, uh, anthology or collection of short stories by Stephen King. So I checked it out and sure shit, it is pretty goddamn terrifying. Um, like some of the implications and it's uh so yeah that's how I came across it I know you're you're a pretty big reader I don't know if you're a big Stephen King fan but how how long ago uh did you get introduced to the jaunt yeah
1: so yeah like you said I've always kind of been a Stephen King fan his his stuff can be sort of hit or miss he's got a few books that are like in my all-time favorite just really heavy hitter great books he's he also has a a fair share of books that are just dog shit. Some of <laughs> some of them are really good, but they just—you can tell he had a hard time landing the plane, if yeah. you will. There, and there's nothing worse than committing to a really long book that you're really into, and then at the end, it's just fucking stupid. So, depending on how into this you want to get, we could talk about some of those. But uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. So I I had I had that skeleton crew book for years. Never read it. Uh, And then just like a year ago, I finally cracked it open and it's probably my least favorite Stephen King book out of all of them. It took me so long to get through it. I ended up just putting it like in the bathroom and would just like, you know, (laughs) chunk it off in little pieces. Uh, The first story in that book is The Mist, which is really good. Mm -hmm. So it starts strong. But then some of the stories in that book are just so hard to get through and painfully bad, in my opinion. I'm, I'm not an author or a literary critic by any means but I mean some of those stories go back to the 60s when he was still a pretty pretty fresh writer you know and I think he would be the one to tell you you know actually I think I think he literally said in an interview one time that it's his least favorite book that he wrote that's my cat Uh, (laughs) because it's just he's so green and some of the stories are just so idiotic and hard to get through but that being said, uh, the jaunt is definitely one of the better ones in that book so if I were you I would go ahead and let it keep collecting dust yeah you could, you could read the mist that's a good one. Uh, I've never seen that movie but I heard I heard that they changed the ending in the movie versus the book and apparently the movie ending is like kind of dark like yeah. not not a fan not a crowd pleaser. Oh yeah, it's super so fucked up. I I I honestly don't even remember how the story in the book and so maybe one day I will watch the movie and compare it to the short story but
0: that could be uh, like yeah, a that's good, that that could be like a good maybe uh during Halloween season or like a late summer kind of thing to check out the mist cuz it's kind of an obscure movie. I I suppose yeah. but it's pre- it's really good. It's one of my more f- favorite uh king adaptations in the film um mm. and that ending yeah is pretty hardcore i won't spoil anything here in in the off chance we cover it um but i i haven't read the mist either um i've but i've heard that yeah it strays from the source material in terms of the ending but uh looking through it i've i only picked out the jaunt but um there are a couple i have i have doggy eared uh for later one of which is doggy eared uh, yeah <laughs> The, the short story the raft uh uh uh-huh. that's in there and i guess cuz i'm familiar good. i'm familiar with that from creep show 2 that's like an oh. anthology that's a segment that they, that's on film in creep show 2 and uh That segment creeped the shit out of me when I was a kid. I saw it was like fourth grade, but uh, I've heard that that just like how into detail he goes in the raft on the scene where one of the dudes gets pulled underneath, like into the raft or the little flotilla thing that they're on is like super graphic. And I was like, that's crazy because the film version of it is super graphic and always gave me nightmares. So um I also, I, I just watched too, I was trying to brush up for this, I saw an interview with uh, Stephen King and he actually said, he asked, they put him on the spot, like, what's the top five uh, anything that you've produced as your favorite? So, short story, you know, screenplay, novel, and he actually said number one was uh, Survivor Type, which is, I notice, a short story in here in Skeleton Crew. Um, do you remember that survivor one off the top type.
1: of your head? Um, do you have a a brief little gist. Let's
0: see. I have the um, survivor type. God, my cat will not shut up. Um, Diary of a disgraced surgeon attempting to smuggle a large amount of heroin aboard a sh- cruise ship. Uh, he's interrupted. There's an explosion. He finds himself marooned on a tiny island in the Pacific. Oh, yeah. Okay, I remember this one. He ends up keeping um, himself alive to, like, stay alive and...
1: Yeah, uh, it's not good. I I thought it was just kind of whatever. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. I mean, he's like starving. And he's like, well, maybe I can just cut off my leg at the knee. And then he cuts it off and eats it. And then time goes by. And he's like, well, guess I can go up to the thigh. And it's like, okay. And then it just kind of ends. Like, I don't even remember. I think he fucking dies or something. But
0: Alright, well not to belabor Skeleton Crew. I mean it sounds like that's pretty it was early on for him and it was there's not a ton of notable uh, there's twenty two short stories in it, which that's a shit ton, but um, yeah, the mist, the film at least I can speak to that is really good. Uh, I can say too if you're a Tom Jane Thomas Jane fan, he he plays the main the main protagonist in the Mist, then that's a, a point in its Who's that too. dude? Thomas Jane, you've seen sixty one, haven't you? With Barry Pepper, who played Jackson and uh, the sniper, in Save and same Private Ryan, he played Lou Gehrig. Yeah, yeah, it's been Thomas, a long time. Thomas Jane played Mickey Mantle. What else has he been in? He's been in Standers. Standers hella good. It's about a South African, uh, like modern day, or. Like a Robin Hood from the seventies, he would steal from banks in South Africa and redistribute the wealth. Um what else is he in? He was in the Punisher, the movie from like oh four. I'm kind of blanking. He he's been in a lot more than that, but um if you saw his face, you'd be like, Oh, it's that guy.
1: Has he been in Twister by chance? No. Okay.
0: He's kinda I I guess I I could say though, if, if I'm trying to reach, maybe he's cut from like the same kind of cloth as like a Bill Paxton, so I feel like you would <laughs> like him as an actor.
1: That is big talk.
0: Even just for like him as Mickey mantle in sixty one I thought was like spot on, like he was perfect in it. But anyway, um so back to let's get into the jaunt here. Um so yeah, we're both we're both familiar with this. It's been a little bit longer for Steve. It's a little bit more fresh for me. Um, so I guess we'll just do a a quick Cliff's Notes uh, for those that haven't read it. If you haven't read it, you know, spoiler alert, incoming, inbound. Stop yourself. Read it. It's only like 15 pages, and there's multiple like on there's links on YouTube where it's in. Uh, spoken or audiobook form you can just bang it out and like i think it's like 40 minute listen probably a little bit quicker if you read it yourself um so the jaunt is a horror little bit of background it's a horror story obviously by stephen king it was actually first published in the twilight zone magazine which i didn't even knew existed so that's cool uh in hmm. 1981 and then it was later uh collected uh as a novella as it were in his 1985 anthology collection *Skeleton Crew*. Um, yeah, so... that
1: that book is basically the fucking hot dog of Stephen King books. They <laughs> take all the all the lips and noses and shitty parts of a pig and just throw them on one thing. Like, oh, here's a book. <laughs>
0: that's a good. That's a good <laughs> analogy.
1: Because <laughs> he has he has a couple other ones that are, they're not necessarily short stories. Like *Different Seasons*, I think is four novellas like that's where Shawshank Redemption is and I think yeah. Stand By Me is in that one and Apt Pupil like banger good stories and and then there's another one that's called Full Dark No Stars I think that one's like four or five stories and they're pretty dark Um so I would highly recommend both of those but this one just yeah without what about, belaboring
0: what What about Four Past Midnight that's similar it's like a, it's a collection but they're much chunkier I think it's four also Um, Okay. I have, I have not read that one, so I cannot speak to that. Yeah, I think, so it was, it was his second, that type. So he did different seasons first and then he followed that up with this collection. Um, and it's, I think it's probably most well-known for like secret window secret garden. Um, and then the Langoliers, the other two, I'm not familiar with the sundog and the library Policeman. but the Langoliers oh. I think is infamous for it's like shitty USA network straight to cable, uh, adaptation, which is super dog shit. Um, Oh man, another,
1: I, I have a feeling this is going to be a recurring theme when something comes <laughs> up and we'll, re- <laughs> we'll remember that it was talked about during the last episode. <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't know, talking about USA TV shows, we lost a lot of hot wings talk. In yeah. That last
0: episode. <laughs> yeah, I think the USA Network springboarded into uh, some stuff. I can't, What was it? Fuck it, I can't remember. But yeah. I, I, I cannot
1: remember how it came up. But... The USA Network
0: <laughs> branched us. It took us on a new path um, away yeah. from pretty far away from Highlander. But um... <laughs> so anywho. Um, yeah. So that's the kind of the background of, of the story, like, like it's uh, creation, but then like specific to the story. So the setting, uh, time and setting, it takes place in the 24th century. Um, so it's, it's very much a sci-fi story, uh, with horrific elements within. So it's kind of, uh, it breaks the, the King formula there a little bit. Um, so in this time period, uh, technology for teleportation uh which they refer to as jaunting uh the jaunt through the zone isn't that what it is um like that temporal like the space in between um that allows people to just jump like these massive i don't know how far it says like within the solar system but like instantaneously like nanoseconds they can teleport um and uh so it follows, it's kind of like, uh, it, it follows a family that it's just like some bloke, kind of like blue collar dude who gets selected to go work on like a water field or like a Texaco something in Mars. And they live in like Schenectady, Schenectady. Um, so it's him, his wife, and his two kids that are about to jaunt. And then it kind of does like a flashback. He's like telling his kids like, like they're asking like where did it come from like asking about how how jaunting was invented and crap and um so then he kind of relays the story and when he when you're reading the background of it there's parts of it that he omits from telling his kids because they're so horrific he's trying to like he's trying to keep hey everything's going to be cool you know he does he wants to spare him all those those uh gory details but some of those are like the most horrific parts, you know, besides the very end. Um, but yeah, so it start. It, he, it was invented in 1985 by a guy named Victor Caroon, who kind of stumbled ac- ac- across it by accident. Um, you want to take it from there, like how that kind of. Sure. Yeah. Part forms? Uh,
1: and not to, not to red pen you, but I think it was 1987 because I, I I just reread it. Oh okay. To refamiliarize re- myself, uh, gotcha. so maybe maybe I read a different date or whatever. but yeah, so the general premise is, in the far distant future of 1987, uh, the energy crisis has reached, you know, a fever pitch, uh, so this teleportation device. It makes oil basically obsolete because you don't need gas to transport goods from place to place. You can just throw it through the portal. And so in the future, oil isn't as valuable of a commodity. It's more about water. So they're going to different planets to bring water back. And so the, the setting of the book, like you said, is it's this family of four and they're basically in the waiting room. It's like an airport, basically, getting ready to do this jaunt. And so you know the kid, the annoying snot-nosed little shit kids are asking questions about the history of the jaunt As as the employees are basically going around gassing everybody. So yeah, he's trying to tell them the history because he's made this trip. I think it says twenty or twenty-five times, but this is the first time for the wife and kids. Right. So he's he's trying to tell them the story, which it sounds like they get it taught to them in school, but they're, you know, asking questions about it and stuff. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's trying to, he's trying to leave out any, uh, anxiety inducing details because they're about to, they're about to get the gas and go under and go through this, uh, portal. And yeah, so that's, that's basically the setting for what we are about to learn.
0: So, and then that's the important key here is, uh, the, uh, getting sedated to make this trip because the, the guy who invented it, Victor Caroon, uh, he, he stumbled on it. He, like he was testing stuff and he kind of, he, he stumbles on it by accidentally like teleporting two of his fingers, like across the room. And then he like mimics it with a pencil and he's onto something. And then, so he, he moves up, you know, uh, Uh, progressively to using mice and they all keep like dying or like as soon as he gets them out they have like a heart attack and they're like they're all fucked up and then he finally uh, through trial and error you know sedates one of the mice sends it through comes out it it comes to and it's fine so that's how they right that's how they figure out okay you got to be sedated then you can do it then you're cool
1: yeah every everything he puts through comes out completely exactly the same he puts through uh a watch and that comes through and it's still working it's totally fine so he he he, uh he figures that physically everything is the same but there's like a, a psychological or mental thing that happens between the two portals that if he sedates the the animal that it won't have this like catatonic you know right effect when it comes through on the other side because he puts a mouse in uh, ass first and that seems to be okay when he when he pulls it back out but then when he puts it through head first that's when they spaz the fuck out on the other side and keel over and so that's kind of what led him to attempting to sedate
0: So and then it kind of goes off on like some of the side stories, the history of the jaunt that uh, the dad, his name's Mark Oates, that he that he spares his children, uh, which is the most one of the most interesting facets, like as the reader. Um, So like goes on to explain, like, obviously, you know, now like, you know, you think of how the mob dealt with people and putting them in barrels and cement shoes and stuff. And like that becomes like a nice and tidy outlet to dispose of anyone you want to without a trace. Um, and then what was it? Was it like a guy and his wife and they're like having marital problems or something and he fucking yeah to like avoid all that struggle and rigmarole and red tape. He just fucking boots her while still well, so,
1: conscious. So uh, basically when you when you put something through the portal there's a way to program where it ends up. Oh, right, 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 so right, If you imagine a switchboard of like, I want this to go to Tokyo or London or San Francisco or whatever, he just turned them all off and puts her through the portal. So she's just floating somewhere forever.
0: Dude. Savage. Yeah, that's fucking insane. That's like one of those things when you think about, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Yeah. I mean, the older I get, the more jaded I get. So, like, I still would reserve that for probably certain people, but that's a very small list of who I would do that to. The first, the, maybe the I one think, and uh, only thing I can think of is that fucking, that sword and scale episode that you introduced me to the Daisy's destruction or whatever. Daisy's revenge. It's like people like that. Sure. But is that dude. the
1: one with the red room
0: and the like, yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That, oh, that fuck one was pretty that bad. Noise. Um, But yeah, just like, you could sit there and think about like that for a while and have it really twist your noodle. Like, and that kind of ties back to the Lost episode when we were talking about John Hamm and he's in an episode (laughs) of White Christmas of Black Mirror. There's something similar to that where it's like they can upload your consciousness to this thing called like an, I think it's called an egg. And it's uh, like a prisoner. And like before these cops leave, like, they're just like, oh, just leave them in the egg over the weekend it's like a holiday and they'll come back and continue to interrogate him or whatever and this fucking greaseball cop goes and he twists the dial so it's like when they come back after their three-day holiday to then continue interrogating the prisoner his time it's been like fuck it was like 2274 uh Days per second, or something like that, that they crank this knob up. So, like when they come mm. back, he's probably the same, like sunken eyeballs and just like a blathering idiot, like from spending virtually an an eternity in this thing. And they come back, and it's three days later. Um, it reminded me of that that uh vignette in Black right Mirror. <laughs> so, if you like this, or, I think uh, you would like that episode or too. Like,
1: or the machine and Princess Bride. I just sucked one year of your life away.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> dude, I haven't seen that movie. But in yeah, long time. Uh, but yeah. The so... more you think about that, the more mad like, mad you'll go. Like thinking about, like, fuck, just an eternity through this. Like, I don't know if it's a wormhole or like if you close the other side, you're just like spinning in a fucking hyper vacuum for eternity.
1: Yeah. Well, there was the the cool, the cool part of the story when they talk about when they graduated from testing it on animals to humans, they were using like prisoners. Yeah. And uh, so there was, there's one prisoner that uh, he was in jail for like a quadruple murder or something. And all the prisoners they tested, they sedated them and they went through fine this prisoner. They're like, we're going to go ahead and send you through not sedated if you agree and if you make it through you know we'll give you a pardon and you can just walk away but if you don't sorry and uh he agrees to it and yeah he comes through the other side a split second later but his hair is all gone white and he just looks like shit and what does he say about what's inside there i can't remember what his exact quote was like it's eternity in there or something
0: yeah something like that yeah he needs some milk he needs milk um yeah that kind of, that reminds me of uh have you ever seen 2001 a space odyssey i have not by stanley kubrick um yeah towards the end there's like a there's a super like psychedelic part where this guy it's pretty nebulous, but it's like seemingly that he go that he travels at like light speed, and it's like this super psychedelic like. It shows him going through like you know nineteen seventies visualization of what it might like to, what it might be like to go through a wormhole, and I just imagined like that like for like a billion years like, like, at some point I feel like you would transcend like consciousness and you would become like like a mini god and then like in like implode in on yourself like a thousand times and just come like you just like crumble to dust. Like I can't even imagine uh, like if that were a real thing, it's just, it's too, it's too out there to, to try and wrap your head around. But yeah, that's fucked up. Uh, yeah.
1: So do you, do you want to explain what happens with the sun
0: yeah so uh, so yeah then to wrap all this up so basically you know like the dad's kind of smoothed things over and and he's explained like you know to try and keep everyone as as uh, you know on the level as possible and not freak anyone out like yeah it's just normal we're just gonna be you know teleported a billion miles away uh, in a matter of seconds but it's cool um, but he go he also goes I think this is where his error was. I think he oversells the fact of like the sedation and like that you have to, you know, you have to make sure you breathe in the gas and you have to like, you know, you have to let it happen and then go under and then take the trip. And then, so that to me, that's like, it's like the old adage of like, you know, you tell someone not to do something. It's like, especially a kid. it's like, that's the exact fucking thing they want to do. You know, Um, maybe it's not that, clear-cut but at any rate the, his son his his youngest son who's probably a little troublemaker at that age uh he purposely holds his breath uh when they're giving him the gas to sedate them and sure shit they all go one by one they get spit out on the other side in mars i think it is uh and then the yeah. sun the sun ha- holds his breath so he goes through the jaunt conscious and, uh, he comes out on the other side and he's like, he's all gaunt looking and like eyes sunken in and he's like, you know, probably spazzing out and maniacally he's giggling to himself. And what's he say? He says, uh, it's
1: longer than you think
0: it's longer than you think, dad, longer than you think before <laughs> clawing out his own bloodshot eyes as he is wheeled away ostensibly into some kind of futuristic loony bin. Um, so Yeah. That's, that's the, uh, the end of it, but yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, like, this isn't like a, a super gory or like a jump scary kind of like kooky Stephen King thing, more of like, it's definitely sci-fi tale, but like some of those details and like thinking about like the implication, um, Mm -hmm pretty fucking terrifying uh like if you happen to get if someone pushed you through or if you stumbled through it or like what if the sedation didn't take on you and it's like all right bye like (laughs) yeah like yeah crazy scary stuff um so uh i guess a little bit of trivia on this too so in um are you familiar with the the it the new it remake. Um I, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen them? I like the first mm-hmm. one pretty good. It part two is a garbage fire. It sucks really bad. They really I've I've actually read it, um, or listened to it on audiobook. Um <laughs> if you're gonna be a purist about it, but uh yeah. I really obviously it's one of those situations, you know the book's better than the movie, blah blah blah. It is far superior to any of the uh later adaptation adaptations even if like i do like tim curry as pennywise and the the og made for tv shit but even that it doesn't come close to the to the book they leave a lot of stuff out and they they do with the remakes as well but um yeah the whole like the the fucking uh chud and like the the tortoise and like the ritual of chud and all that kind of stuff uh they totally fucking butcher and it part two but i will say the first one the, that was made in like 2017 i think mm-hmm. that one's good i like it a lot um i think it it did a good job but at any rate in 2015 um uh they announced that the guy who did uh these new it remakes andy Muschietti, uh was going to adapt the, the jaunt into a film um but then he took it instead when that when that came across his plate so then he kind of shelved it but then uh this is new news i don't know if it's died from here but as of june 2021 it was set to be made the jaunt is set to be made into a television series by one of the fear the walking dead co-creators uh who has also worked on ozark um house of cards there's another kevin spacey connective tissue um, we should have like six degrees of Kevin Spacey and Steve on here. Uh, uh, and then he also worked on one of your favorite adaptations of Stephen King: HBO's The Outsider. Oh God! I I bet the show was better than the book. I liked the show a lot. I remember you saying you were with it up until kind of like towards the end, and you could start seeing where it was going with with it. But
1: yeah. I mean, so it's been a while since I read it, but as it started to get into the last third or quarter, I remember thinking like, oh God, please don't let this be, please don't let this be going where I think it's going. And then it kind of deeks you a little bit and goes a different way. And it's like, oh, okay, thank God. And then they just shift right back into the, the original thing. Like, oh fuck, they are going exactly where I was hoping they weren't. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can't speak from not reading the book, but I I did like the show, although I was a little I left left a little flat at the ending of it. But it's kind of one of those things like I I enjoyed the journey so much that it kind of outweighed the end falling a little flat or not going the direction I would have liked it to. But one person I really liked and I'm curious about your opinion on is um, I liked the show adaptation of Holly Gibney's character a lot. Is she dope in the book too? Um, Yeah.
1: So actually. And she's in other she shit too. Is, yeah. So uh, if you want to talk about a Stephen King book or series that, that doesn't really delve into the same level of supernatural, you know, stuff that a lot of his other ones are, it's the Mercedes, Mercedes yeah. trilogy. Super, super good. I love that one a lot. Yeah. And Yeah. I, she's in that one.
0: I I got started with the show and I was with it for like the first season and I think they made three seasons of it, but then I kind of just left it there. And, and I've heard the book of Mr. Mercedes is really good. So I want to come back to, and maybe just start with the book next time. Um, but the intro, all all three of them are awesome. The intro of that show, like the person running the person over and like the picket line line or the job fair line is pretty fucking horrific the way they shot it.
1: Yeah. And it, it does kind of get into the supernatural stuff a little bit, but I mean, really it's just like a detective novel for the most part. And it's, it's really good. All, all three books in that series are, I would highly recommend them.
0: I really like the guy that they got in the show, Mr. Mercedes to play the main detective. I can't remember what his name is, but they got the dude from Braveheart, uh, the big fucking Irish or the big Scottish dude with the red hair that that plays mel gibson's like homie god i haven't seen that in so long his name, i can't it, picture it his name is brennan gleason he's an irish uh actor older gentleman uh he's a good actor i liked him as as the lead detective but anyway yeah back to the outsider i really liked uh holly gibney in the show is fucking badass like i would like to have i would pay to watch uh like a movie or a series that just followed her and her kookiness mm. solving shit. Yeah. Um, I really liked her a lot. Um, but yeah, I guess. So I, I couldn't find any other um, news about the. How job.
1: are they going to turn that into a TV series? I don't know. they probably have, would it, they're it probably would be butchered. Take, I mean, they it would all have to be. Like a brand new story.
0: Or they'd go hard into like the political side of like, you know, like. Like. A, a modern day parallel between our struggle with oil and shit now, and then just transpose to like water and then have this teleportation yeah. shit in the background. But yeah, I don't think this kind of thing w- is would be served by being stretched out into a fucking show or a movie. Even I think it's just fine the way it is. Just leave it. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. No there'd wonder have to be something else. Yeah. I mean, no wonder that guy picked
0: it over this. Like, there's
1: so much more Oh yeah, material that you can sort of interpret or alter in this. It's just like, uh, yeah, you're going to need to just think of everything. And yeah. we'll give you, like, the, a bare bones sort of rubric on which to go.
0: Yeah. And if you got it versus that, I mean, that's, like, golden ticket to, like to make the remake with like a big studio budget and stuff on it, which I, mm. I did like the first one. So I would recommend checking that out, but just leave it there. Don't, don't bother with part two because it's terrible. Absolutely terrible.
1: Um, man, we lost a lot of good Top Gun talk too.
0: Yeah, we did. I actually watch since then I, I found a pretty good cam uh, online and I watched it and I don't and know. And you loved man. it oh my god i think it's i'm i'm trying to give it a little bit of credit because i i know for a fact that that's a that's a theater movie like to get the full experience you know so but you didn't watch like a bosnian ripoff no it was actually i mean cams these days are pretty fucking good um all things considered, but I don't know. It just kind of fell flat for me a little bit. Like I, I was over Yeah. I think I overhyped <laughs> it. I did like the scenes with Val Kilmer. I did like their, hey, kind their thing that they had. However brief he was in there. I did like that. Uh, I thought that was a respectful way of bringing him back without like nostalgic gouging you. Um, yeah. I mean, even just the flying scenes. Are Those awesome. were pretty fucking badass. Like, I will yeah. say, too, without spoiling it, I guess, like, one of the last maneuvers involving chaff uh, uh, yeah, uh-huh. was fucking badass. That part was yeah. super dope. Um,
1: and, yeah, it, it, it gets a little Hollywood at the very end. But, I mean, I don't know what anybody would be expecting. I was expecting a higher level of corniness, just after watching the first one. But. Yeah,
0: I mean, it definitely could have been way worse. Um, I just wish there would have been a little bit more stakes involved. Like, I wish there would have been more of like a gut punch towards the end there with something. Um, without... oh, I
1: guess life and death isn't high enough stakes for you, huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I guess I'll just come on and say, I wish I w- I wish somebody would have died. Like, on the wow. the good guy's side to make it more impactful maybe that's just a product of like game of thrones and like you know that that shock that you get from like a main character or someone that you you're really pulling for gets fucking wiped out but um i I was
1: kind of expecting the same thing i'll say it's and i was looking i was looking at all of them like like in the water boy you know who's it gonna be
0: yeah there's my bitch oh yeah there's my bitch (laughs) yeah I wasn't. I didn't really like the Hangman character, although he had a. That's a he, dope call sign.
1: Yeah, he made himself very douchey and hateable.
0: Yeah, I did not like him.
1: And and I thought for sure, like, oh, this guy's gonna like redeem himself and do something super awesome. And uh, he may or may not have, but I felt like because they they puffed up how much of a dickhead he is for so long felt like they needed to do more to have him be like redeemed but yeah whatever I'm going to go see it again with the missus
0: what do you think she's going to think of it
1: (laughs) she better like it (laughs) (laughs) or else she's walking home (laughs) chase don't do that
0: alrighty well uh, i think that's gonna do it for us for this uh quick hitter on the jaunt um i highly recommend it it's a really short read or short listen if you check it out on it's on youtube again quick audiobook like 40 minutes uh very good um and I, i feel like you don't necessarily have to be a king fan to get something out of it or to enjoy it so check it out uh and if you wanna let us know what you think or have any other questions regarding anything, uh, you can send us an email at wax at com, or hit us up on our socials, uh, Instagram, waxingtheporpoise or Twitter at waxingtheporp. Um, again, we're gonna keep with the schedule uh, that we had planned uh, for, Confessions of a Traveling Card Counter Part 2 will be dropping next Thursday, June 30th. And then we also have planned the following week, we're going to be covering, uh, dipping our toe back into the unexplained waters where we talk about the mysterious death of Colin Finnerty on Thursday, July 7th. Uh, If you want to read up on him, take a look. He's he's one of uh, the infamous... uh, missing 411 cases by David Politi is super interesting. So I'm looking forward to that one. Um, so yeah, check that stuff out. Uh, you got any final thoughts?
1: We are recording, right?
0: Yes, we are recording. Okay. We're good. this time. <laughs> you have any moves? I'd like to see you incorporate them. I'd like to see you incorporate them. All right. Well, uh, so you're good. I'm good, yeah. We're good. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Apologies for the technical difficulties. This will be coming out today, Friday, a little bit late. But uh, in the meantime, everybody take care, and we'll see you on the next one.
1: Bye. He beat me. Straight up.
0: Pay him. Pay that man his money.